0: This section in Matthew, you'll notice that we are back in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaching His disciples, uh, and we're in Matthew chapter 7 now, though it's the middle of the the, uh, Sermon on the Mount, it is the beginning of chapter 7, and this is what it says, Judge not that you be not judged. And as I read that, judge not that you be not judged, the first thing I think is, yeah i don't want to be judged i mean if you think about it who would you like to have judge you your spouse your children your friends your neighbors your co-workers community members The person driving in the lane next to you, the person behind you in line at the grocery store, who would you like to have judge you? And if I'm answering that question, I would say, no one. No one needs to judge me. I don't want any of those people to judge me. And then this is what it says, judge not that you be not judged. Have you noticed that when you judge somebody, or if you watch someone judge you or someone else, that suddenly great scrutiny is applied to the judger? They, they go look at it and they go, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. And everybody goes, oh yeah, well, what about you? What about you? What about is our favorite phrase. Anytime anybody judges me, they say, oh, you shouldn't do it that way. You should do it this way instead. Oh, yeah, what about? Yeah? What about this other thing I did? What about the thing that you did? What about the thing that someone else did? What about the thing I heard about that someone else did? I'll I'll look at anybody. I'll, I'll, I'll deflect to anywhere. We saw this all the way back in the garden. Adam, what did you do? What about my wife? Eve, what did you do? What about the serpent? We've been doing it for a long time. What about them? What about somebody else? What about somebody else? As if, as if somebody accuses me of doing wrong and I say, yes, but what about, and they go, oh, you're right. You were in the right all along. What you were doing that appeared to be sin, that appeared to be wrongdoing, is in fact justified. It is correct because someone else did something worse. How often does that work? My kids will try that on me from time to time. I will accuse them of doing something and they will go, but what about, yeah, no. We'll deal with that also, in addition to, you can say, what about so-and-so, and we can deal with that also, but let's not shift the focus from where the focus is. And what he's saying here is, look, if you don't want to be judged, then you shouldn't judge other people. If you don't want to be judged, then don't judge other people. Because if you judge, then they're going to judge you. If you judge, the judgment is going to come back on you. It's going to bring scrutiny back on you. In fact, he goes on, and he says in verse 2, For with the judgment that you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Have you noticed that we use a sliding scale? The things that I am able to do, That's the benchmark. I can do this, this seems reasonable to me. Let's pretend, well, we'll move it down here. Let's pretend I could jump this high, right? Then this becomes the benchmark. This is how high a person should be able to jump. You should be able to jump over something this high. And somebody else says, well, I do high jumps, so I can jump over something this high. Yeah, that's ridiculous. No one needs to be able to do that. What they need to be able to do is jump over something this high. And somebody else says, well, I can only jump over something down here. Oh, yeah, that's pathetic. That's really sad. You should be able to do this. This is what you should be able to jump over. But we use a scale that uses our abilities and what puts it right, right there in the middle. This is, this is the standard. My ability is the standard. My behavior, that's the standard. Is it justified? Was my response to that um, situation justified? Yes, it was, because it was my response. It was my response what if it was somebody else's response? Then would it be justified? Well, no, no, that would be unjustified because they didn't have all of the excuses that I have, and so it would be unjustified if they were to do it. Sliding scale. I want to apply one scale to me with all of the caveats, with all of the conditions, all of my understanding on my perspective and where I'm coming from, all of the excuses, I want to apply that to me, and then to someone else, I want to use great rigor and a standard that it does not waver. This, this is what is right. We can't shade that just because of how you're feeling today. Whether or not you ate or got enough sleep or somebody else was mad at you earlier, we can't shade this. We have to have strict standards. What about you? Oh, no, I didn't get enough sleep and I was very hungry and somebody did something to me earlier. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The same scale that you use on other people now gets turned around and applied directly to you. I don't like that so much. I I remember when we were kids, um, my mom decided that it would be good to have us learn how to clean bathrooms. And so she started giving us the chore of cleaning bathrooms. And she uh, went to my sister and she said, Okay, you're first. You get to clean the bathroom. And my sister went in and she cleaned the bathroom. Cleaned the bathroom. And my mom came through and said, This does not look clean to me. I want you to go back and clean the bathroom again. So my sister went back and cleaned the bathroom again. And my mom said, I don't want to be the judge on this anymore. I don't want to, to, to do this. Here's what we're going to do. This is your bathroom. This is the kids' bathroom. And so we're going to have the kids set the standard. So, Travis, you, when your sister d- cleans the bathroom, you go in and you check. And I said, okay. And my sister said, I've already cleaned it twice. Somebody else do it this time. And I went, okay, I'll clean it first. So I went in and I cleaned the bathroom. And so then my sister came in to check my work. And she went, well, you missed this here and you missed that there. And I went, what? You cleaned it twice before I did. And my mom was about to get really upset about this. And I said, no, 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 it's okay. If this is the standard, this will be the standard next week when it's her turn too. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. You see, when we judge other people, when we use measurements to judge somebody else's behavior or, or somebody else's standards, then that same measure gets applied to us. And we don't really like it. We don't, don't judge me is a very common phrase. It's a favorite phrase of people all around. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Okay, then don't you be judging. Now, This is an issue just with people, right? I don't want to judge people so that they don't judge me. But isn't there another judge? Isn't there another judge? You see, um, God considers judging to be important. He considers measurements and justice to be important. He talked about this back in Leviticus chapter 19. In Leviticus 19, verse 35, he says, uh, You shall do no wrong in judgment, in measures of length or weight or quantity. You shall have just balances, just weights, a just ephah and a just hin. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and you shall observe all all my statutes and all my rules and do them, I am the Lord. He considers these things to be very important. Very important. When my mom says, you have to clean the bathrooms, why? Because I'm the mom. Okay. And God says, you shall do no wrong in the way that you judge people. You shall not have unjust measures. You shall measure in the way that things are measured. An ephah should be an ephah. A hin should be a hin. A pound should be a pound. A meter should be a meter. A stone should be a stone. You, it should be consistent. The measurements should be just. The judgments should be just. I am the Lord your God. Isn't that amazing? He says, I, this is so important to me that I am going to co- tie it directly to who I am. Justice and judgments are so important to me. Justice is so important to me. Righteousness so important to me that I'm going to connect it directly to who I am. Why should you use just measurements? Why should you use just judgments? Because I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. And you shall observe all of my statutes and all of my rules and you shall do them. I am the Lord. He repeats it. Just in case we missed it 10 seconds ago, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Then you shall do everything I told you to and do it because I'm the Lord. God considers this to be very, very important. So what does that mean for us? It means we have a judge who is perfectly just, whose measurements do not slide. There's no sliding scale with God. It's boom, measurement. He says, I am the Lord God, I am perfect, I expect perfection. My character is perfect, and my justice is perfect, and so you should be perfect, because I am perfect. Well, God, did you take into account that I hadn't had breakfast? Perfect. Well, God, I didn't get enough sleep last night. Perfect. But, God, what about perfect? Perfect, perfect, perfect. I want nothing less than perfect. I am the Lord. He made it perfectly. Everything. And yet, we want to play what about? What about them? What about somebody else? We want to apply the judgments just to them, but not to us. God, I think... I think I understand what you're saying. I, I have, in fact, done wrong, but not as wrong as over there. You should really look over there. Pay attention to over there, to those people. They're the ones. I, I've been watching, Lord. I've been watching, and they don't measure up. They don't measure up to perfect. They don't even measure up to halfway. God, their standards are so low. It's it's pathetic. It's you should really over there. There's the those are the ones, get them. God. Romans chapter two. Therefore, you have no excuse, O man. Every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on. On those who practice such things. And do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness, kindness is meant to lead you to repentance, but because of your hard and impenitent heart? You are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. We we are judging. We're using this standard and applying it to other people. And the first thing that we're afraid of is if we apply that judgment, then they will judge us. And so we go, okay, I don't judge because I don't want to be judged. And the reality is everyone will be judged. Everyone will be judged by the judge. There is no need for us to um, have a stricter standard than the judge. God already has his standard. We don't need to apply our standard and somehow make it stricter than what God's standard is. His standard is already perfect. We don't want to apply that judgment to them in addition to God's judgment, nor do we want to have that be the new way of measurement that then God turns back on us and goes, okay Travis, that's how you want it, that's how you want us to measure let's take a look at you. Why would I want to heap that kind of judgment on my own head? I want to play what about, what about them, God? And he says, what about you, Travis? No, God, let's not play this game. He says, oh no, I thought not. I thought you didn't want to play this game. And yet, that day of judgment is coming. That day of judgment is coming. We need to be ready for it. We need to expect it. In James chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and destroy. So who are you to judge your neighbor? There's only one. Who are we to to apply the judgment to them? God will take care of that. God knows. He doesn't need us. You know, sometimes um, I'm in the kitchen working on something and a kid will come running in. Dad, 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 you should know. Other kid did. Okay. Okay. I don't don't need you to do that. I'll, I'll be the dad. God will be the judge. He doesn't need us running to Him. God, 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 you should, you should know. He knows. He's aware. He'll deal with it. Perfect. His justice is perfect. He doesn't need us to worry about them. He doesn't need us to call them out. His judgment is perfect. So then, verse 3, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Why do you notice the speck that's in somebody else's eye and don't notice the log that's in your own eye? Why, Why do we do that? What about them? Even when them is less than what we're doing, we still want to play what about. What about them? What about what you're doing rather than what we're doing? We're much better at identifying issues in other people than we are in ourselves. I am very good at identifying impatience in other people. I am very good at identifying anger in other people. I am very good at identifying self-centeredness and greed and all of those things in other people. I see it and go, oh, that's sin. That's sin. Just like when I sit back and I watch the Olympics and I listen to the commentators on TV say, this is what a, perfical, a perfect cow-toe looks like. You know, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. The this, this spin thing? What, what? Loop? What? And then uh, five minutes later, I'm going, oh, that was not very well done. You, did you see the angle of the blade as it came off of the... I'm very good at judging other people and I'm much less strict, much less stringent with myself. need to pay attention here first. Why do I see the speck that is in your brother's eye rather than the speck that is in your own eye? Can you imagine? You're, you're, you're mountain biking, right? You, you and a sibling or a friend are mountain biking. You're, you're on the mountain bike and you're, you're riding uh, down and you're, you know, going over all the rocks and, and going this way. And then you get that, that gnat in your eye that's somehow always in the eyes. And so you stop and you go, oh, I got this gnat. Can you help me? I got this gnat in my eye. And your friend goes, yeah, I can help you. And you look over with your one good eye and you see this branch Coming out of their eye, they got a branch in their eye. We were riding down this mountain and they have a branch. Oh, yeah, let me, let me get that gnat out of your eye. Dude, you have a branch in your eye. We have to, you're gonna lose your vision if you haven't already lost What? No, no, it's, it's cool. Let me get that gnat out, though. What are you doing? How did you even know that there was a gnat in my... How could you think that you would be able to help me get the gnat out of my eye with the branch coming out of your eye? That's a problem. We have to deal with that. And he's, that's what he's saying. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you don't notice that you've got this log coming out of your own eye? You've got this branch coming out of your own eye. How is it that we can say to our brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? That's verse 4. How is it that we think that we can make other people holy by helping them address their sin when we leave our sin unaddressed? Oh, let me I'm just helping you deal with your sin. I'm just helping you move toward righteousness. I'm just helping you move toward Christ likeness. What about you? Oh, I'm fine. No, there there needs to be this strict standard that we are measuring, and we can help other people perhaps, but we have to first, when we see something in somebody else, go, okay, hang on, I'm going to apply this standard that I'm applying to them, and I'm going to apply it to myself. We're worried about other people judging us. What if we did it ourselves? We're worried about God's judgment of us. What if we did it ourselves? If we said, this is the standard that I'm using, it's the automatic standard that comes to mind, my judgment of their sin, which I'm so good at recognizing, and then if I use that and said, wait a second, this triggers a thought, I should examine myself. I should examine myself. And so every time I recognize sin in somebody else, I take a pause and a timeout and go, hang on, self-check. Self-check, there's some anger over there. I'm seeing that. How am I doing in the anger department? Check out okay? Okay, now I can help them. I'm seeing some impatience there. How am I doing in the patience department? Self-check, I'm okay. All right, now I can help them. You know, this is what you're supposed to do. If you get into a crisis situation, you do a self-check. Am I okay? Yep, I'm okay. Now I can help somebody else. That's what they're told on every single flight, right? Before you help the person next to you get their oxygen on, you get your oxygen on. Self-check. So when we see uh, sin in somebody else and our first thought is, I'm going to judge them, our second thought should be, I need to judge me. The measure that I'm using, I'm going to apply to myself, and pretty soon, instead of it being our second thought, it will become our first thought. I see something in them, my first thought then becomes, I'm going to check myself, then can I help them? Self-check, then help. In fact, that's exactly what it says in verse 5. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Once we take it out, then we can help somebody else. Then we can help them. You know, people um, a lot of times are, are going, no, Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. And what they're saying when they say, Don't judge me, is um, there's no truth. There's no absolute truth. So you can't judge me. You don't have a standard by which to judge me. Or perhaps they're saying, um, y- You don't measure up either. What about you? You don't measure up either, so you're not qualified to judge me. Or perhaps they are saying, you don't know all of the circumstances. You don't know where I come from. You don't know what I'm dealing with, so you're not qualified to judge me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. You're not qualified. But what if someone was? What if there was someone who was qualified to judge? What if there was someone with a standard for absolute truth that they knew completely this is what is true, this is what is just, and they were qualified to judge? What if... There was someone who not only knew that standard, but also didn't fall short of it. That is, they themselves lived perfectly. They didn't fail. And so they were qualified. What if this same person who knew this and was qualified because they had not failed also had been tempted in every way and had gone through all of the same stuff so that they perfectly understood you and all of your challenges and all of your background, and so they were qualified to judge you? Then we would have Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin." Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Isn't it amazing that Jesus is qualified to be that judge and stands in the place of a high priest? Yes, he will judge the heavens and the earth, but right now he stands as high priest for us. Completely understanding all that we are dealing with, all that we are going through. He understands our sin and he stands like a brother who judges us not to condemn us, but to help us identify that sin, repent of it, so that he can take it away. He is like that brother who never had a log in his eye and so is able perfectly to help us address that speck in our eye or that log. Because God himself, the perfect one, has become a man to identify with us and understand our struggles and has lived the perfect life without sin and now stands in our place to receive the judgment that we deserve, the condemnation that we deserve and stands now in heaven As our high priest, to say, Come here. You know, you have a speck in your eye. Let me take that out for you. Let me remove that for you. And we have that kind of a high priest who wants to help us identify these things so that he can remove them. And we're sitting here going, Well, what about them? What about them? Yeah, I died for them too. If they're willing, they'll let me take that out. Yeah, but I don't want you to judge me. Why, why not? I, I just am going to take this out of your eye. I'm going to make you clean. I'm going to make you holy. I'm going to make you healthy. I am judging you not to condemn you, but to identify for you your sins so that you might repent of it and it might be taken away can we do that? And too many of us are still hiding, going, no, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Don't look over here. Don't look over here, God. I don't want you to see this over here. When Jesus stands, arms open wide, ready to help, ready to take it away, and once he does, once we understand that posture, we need not be afraid of the judgment anymore. We can, we can take the standard that we see in God's word and we can apply it over here and we can apply it over here and go, oh, God, I'm not measuring up again. Would you remove my sin? And then we're not judging other people to condemn them, but to help them to understand they too could have their sin removed. We can be that brother who, having the the log removed uh, from our eyes, can help remove the speck from other people's eyes. But with this, he gives a warning. He says, verse 6, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Careful. Because even when your motives are right, even when you are trying to help not apply judgment for condemnation, but to apply judgment for the sake of repentance, to help remove the speck, they might turn on you. Just be aware that when it comes, even whatever your motive, they may turn on you. You may have had this happen before where they turn on you and they turn hard. I was trying to think of a, an example. What have I ever known this to happen? And then unfortunately, I thought of an example in the very recent past. My family was over to visit for uh, Christmas, and we were celebrating Christmas together, and I had a child run in from the other room, and I was talking with my brother and we were making plans, and they knew we were making plans, and my child ran in to go, "What are the plans?" And I said, "We're working on them. Go away." And my brother looked at me and said, that was uncalled for. I said, they knew. He goes, I, I know, but you raised your voice in a way that was uncalled for. Don't judge me, bro. I mean, I held my tongue. I held my tongue. But let me just say, I did not respond real well, and it ruined my afternoon and maybe a couple of days. I just kind of was stewing over that. And then reading this passage and going, what would be an example of a time when somebody had called somebody on something and went, oh, no, it was me like 10 days ago. And if I bothered to think a little harder, it might not have to be that far away. I suppose that makes me the swine, right? But my brother in his gentleness was offering me pearls. Will we receive that? When we properly understand our relationship with God and that Jesus stands as our judge to remove our sin, then wherever the judgment comes from, whether a brother or an enemy, wherever it comes from, we welcome it because it helps us to identify that sin, repent of it so that Jesus can remove it. We need no longer be afraid of the judgment because we know the judge and we know his posture toward us.